and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Is this episode is this episode even in the cinematic canon? Because uh, today's episode is about well, about time, uh, directed by Richard Curtis, starring Rachel McAdams and Dom Hall Gleason. I think that's how you say it. Dom Nall Gleason. Close enough. You know, General <laughs> Hux from Star Wars, right? Uh, my, <laughs> <laughs> my name is Isaac, and I have, of course, joined with Cameron. We've switched roles. I'm usually the co-host. Cameron, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm letting you take the take the wheel right now. It's pretty nice uh, just getting to relax and get talked at, really. Yeah, it's weird to be to be hosting um, this episode. Well, I did pick this movie. Uh, if you've been listening, we are doing kind of a romantic February uh, for all for all you people in love with rom coms. I'm sure most of our audience is. Um, Cameron, uh, what have you been watching besides rom coms? I know I feel like we just recorded because the episode came out late yeah. on Tuesday, but. Yeah, I was gonna say it feels like we we haven't been away for that long. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, um, hmm, I haven't been watching really anything, uh, other than this movie. So I have not had any time That's <laughs> to okay. watch anything. Life's busy, so, man. I've just been watching, so like, with the move TV. So I can't believe I'm eating my own words. Like, all I do is, like, watch TV, and it's like, <laughs> I've just been watching, like, Avatar Last Airbender when I cook, which is kind of. I don't know. I don't know why I'm even watching it again. It's just like, just turn it on and cook food for the night. And then, of course, uh, keeping up with Book of Boba Fett because I like to, you know, eat schlock. I don't, I'm not sure what it is, but they really shouldn't have with that show. I watched the finale and it was mighty fun, but I really don't have much else to say about it. It's not anything special. So, um, Cameron, we forgot to do a hot take last episode, so I'm just going to throw it towards you. Uh, what e- what European country has the biggest draw for you, Cameron? I, I know that's kind of the biggest a, draw. It's a, it's just like you can think, you know, tourism. Um, just kind of picking your brain. This movie made me feel quite British watching it. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I was going to say, I feel like, um, you know, the one thing about uh, England that I find a little disappointing is the the food selection over there mm. is not very good uh but i would love to go to you know the uk otherwise i i think i feel like they have they have kind of the weather that i like and you know they they you know they got nice views and lots of uh, fun things to do um yeah i mean i i feel like um i don't know europe is not that interesting to me i guess <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, no offense, Europeans or anything, but, um, you know, I'm, a, I'm an American. I, I love America, so I, I don't want to leave this. No, I, I've, uh, I've, I've been to France. Um, that was pretty cool. South of France. Um, but you know, I, I, I think good to visit. Not, I wouldn't want to like, you know, move there or anything. Oh well, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of talking about like. You, I, you can define the draw, you know, if that means living or visiting. Right. right? right, right. Um, I was kind of interested because so much of film links back to France, right? And we've watched a lot of French movies in the, on the, on this um, podcast. I'm just, I'm kind of curious, Cameron, like, are you, do you ever want to like visit more or vacation there more? Like if you had to go on a European vacation right now, like what would be the one you're like, oh, I should see that. I should see that before any of the other ones first. 
I would probably go to the UK. Um, yeah. Okay. Now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I definitely like to go to Spain at one point. I feel like that would be cool. Um, I think, I don't know. I, I, I'm like skeptical about how fun the Northern uh, European countries are. Mm. (laughs) Um, but it's possible. I mean, you know, there's always Amsterdam, uh, right. And I, that's a very beautiful city. Uh, so I, I, I feel like that would be a good, good place to visit. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, uh, I have a, a kindred spirit with the UK in a lot of ways. I feel like I, I have a very similar attitude of a British, of that of a British person. Um, but I, you know, the food is kind of an issue. It's a, it's mm. a little issue. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. Is Italy considered European? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, <laughs> for me, like I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm a stupid American. So I get, I get the United Kingdom mixed up with Europe which is uh, not not a good thing. But um, for me, I've always wanted to go to Italy just because the food and also my girlfriend's half Italian. She has uh, family there. So I'm like, I feel like there's a lot to do in Italy. It's funny you mentioned Spain because I like, that's like the bottom of my bucket list. I literally have no <laughs> desire to check out Spain. I'm like, what's in Spain? I have no idea what, why, why, I w- why would I ever go to Spain? Um, but no, no dish to it. It just... I'm just, I don't know what the draw is with Spain. Well, for me, like it's kind of similar to how someone would would be drawn to Italy. Is like the food and and you know the wine. They have they have a very fun, um, I think, like dinner culture mm. where they they eat at like nine o'clock um, and they like drink from like three to nine and then drink afterwards. So they just it seems like they have a lot of fun, but um, you know. Well, uh, if you're from Europe, please message us and tell us how wrong we are about everything. I'd love that, actually. So I would not, and please keep your thoughts to yourself. <laughs> and I'll just I'll just point at you and laugh and say, "Ha ha, we're American." Okay, get get to a better country. <laughs> All right, and we're dumb. And this is Cinema Spectator. You can support us at Patreon.com/slash/ECFS Productions. Get an exclusive commentary track each month and or an episode. Depends what we feel like doing. Just for a dollar. You can also have your questions read on air, claim the ability to vote on films we watch each month. If you don't have dollars, it's all good. You can just give us a rating on iTunes, tell friends and family, all that stuff helps the show grow. That's all the shilling until the end of the show after we're done. So we appreciate your support any way you can give it. Cameron, let's get into About Time. Uh, This movie follows the life of a character named Tim, a sheltered young adult moving out and tackling his life while looking for love. The twist... He discovers he can time travel through his memories. Honestly, the ideal uh, reason that I picked this film is because when I was thinking about meaningful rom-coms and even how to approach this month with you, Cameron, I was like, I should contribute. There's a movie I should think of because if I'm going to make Cameron think of movies with something that he's not even familiar with, really, I should have something to like kind of support that as well. And this movie about time was one that I watched with Jules and I was like, wow, that was surprisingly meaningful for most of the rom-coms we watched together. And it's, it's kind of interesting to go back to this film, revisit it after doing this show. Cause I had seen it before we ever started recording this podcast and sort of look at some of the approaches, the, the approach to like filmmaking, the way the characters are written, the way they sort of, you know, make, make certain decisions. And honestly, like kind of, 
some of the flaws came out more watching it on this viewing, which I, I kind of figured it would. But I, I, I wanted to get your take, Cameron, because this is a very optimistic movie. And yeah. I, I, I had forgotten how positive the film was, but I want to know <laughs> because, I mean, of course, contrasting with last week's film, Manhattan, that we watched, which was your choice. Um, what did you think of this film? I'm like, I'm kind of, I was the, the entire time I was just thinking about that. Like, what is Cameron going to think of this? Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually really liked it. I thought um, I appreciated the, you know, even though I have a cold, sad heart, um, you know, on the inside, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a softie. Um, but in all seriousness, I do actually appreciate movies that can both be serious and be, um, be uh, meaningful and sort of uh, wholesome, I guess is, is probably the best word for it. This is a very wholesome movie. Mm. Um, it has like a lot of thoughts about, about, um, family, about sort of the importance of, uh, fatherhood in a lot of ways, which is something that I, um, really like to see in movies. Um, the importance of relationships and, uh, you know, how to, how to consider your life, uh, you know, as a whole. So, you know, overall I thought, um, I thought it was really good and, and I liked the sentiment. Um, I think one of my issues and it's more of just like a structural issue with the movie is like, it, it kind of has a feeling of, um, like, like there's a, there's obviously the big main sort of thrust of the movie is that he can kind of travel back in time and kind of, uh, you know, go through his memories and whatnot. Um, and there, there are definitely moments where that's that thought, that idea is you utilized really well. Um, and then there are other sequences that you kind of, um, you're like, well, couldn't he just do that? You know, it it feels like, it feels like there's a little bit of, um, you know, uh, it, it, breaking the immersion a little bit, uh, in, in some scenes. Um, but I wouldn't say that, uh, hindered my thoughts of the movie that much. I think, um, you know, you can nitpick it in, in certain scenes, but for me overall, I, I really enjoyed the sort of positivity and the, the wholesome attitude of this movie. I thought, you know, I thought the relationship with the dad is, is, you know, really excellent. Mm. Um, something that I was super surprised about actually. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of want to, I want to get into that a little bit, but, um, yeah, I mean, what do you think about sort of the conception of his, you know, sort of superpower, this family superpower being like the driving plot point in some ways and then kind of, um, not being as, as in the forefront in other ways. Yeah, you know, I think definitely on second viewing, I was beginning to get frustrated with the mechanics involved yes, yeah. behind his abilities. And there was a moment where I was I was trying to explain that to Jules, who we were watching it again. She introduced this film to me. So I guess it's kind of her choice in, in some regard, right? <laughs> the first time we watched it. Um, but watching it again, I was like, you know, this doesn't really make sense how he can now bring other people back in time with him like he has I didn't this, lo- yeah I didn't really like th- that there was like this sequence. strange sequence I was like when does that make sense and she was like oh Isaac that's not the point of the movie and when she said that I was like oh she's right only for 20 minutes yes. only for 20 yes. minutes later for her to be like wait this makes no sense with a different <laughs> scene uh, it was like some other scene with like 
it had to do with like the whole second. There's like another mechanic introduced where when babies are born, you can't travel. It was like, what the heck does that have to do? And so she was like, this is weird. like suddenly I don't buy into it, it. It couldn't suspend her disbelief anymore. And so, yeah, I think the mechanical aspects of it are like kind of like they're, they spend some time explaining them only for them to sort of like uproot those. I like, like science fiction mechanics in it. Um, but I think overall, like it continues to, to veer back onto like the thematic ideas of the movie. And it, and it keeps saying like, well, the, the purpose of this movie isn't time travel. Even the ending statements of the film are like kind of strangely yeah. focused on that. Right. Um, I just, I just think that, like, some of the early draw and the mystery behind the time travel stuff and the excitement about that as an audience viewer, like, it becomes less and less engaging, and it gives a good opportunity for the filmmakers to be like, "Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna aim your focus towards what we really want to say." I just think in some scenarios, instead of it being back on that focus, it kind of feels like a drag, or like you're mm-hmm. a little bit like pushed away from from the the situation right yeah i I would just say it's like a little messy in the same way that like avengers endgame the time travel and that is like a little messy but you kind of don't really care you you kind of forgive it Mm -hmm. uh and and so like yeah it's not it's not a big drawback but i wanted to talk about it up front because like i think that's probably my major criticism of the movie i guess um yeah in, in terms of just like it's structure. I, I, I feel like it, it's a little rough around the edges in some places, but, um, but I do want to mention that the, the actual concept of the sort of time travel and, you know, uh, going back to redo some of your own choices and whatever else. Um, I think that's a really interesting one it, as an examination of regrets, yeah. Basically, you know, yeah. as an examination of things that you wish you did differently in your life. Um, I think that's a great idea. And I, I think it actually is in a lot of those scenes, even if the scenes are messy, technically, um, I think they're executed really well uh, and, and they're written uh, really well if not rough around the edges. Like like the se- the sequence where, you know, they go back and they're they're playing on the beach um you know as as young son and and you know father it, it like is really emotionally satisfying yeah. and it feels like a really it's a really touching moment in a lot of ways um even though you know with with the rest of the movie it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense and they kind of just hand wave it away which is fine um yeah. you know i'm okay with it but it, it it you know it i think it really works um and i like how they use that as like an exploration of um of cherishing the good moments in your life in a lot of ways mm. um but let's talk i guess a little bit about the sort of main love interest or the, the, the romantic aspect of the movie. Sure. Um, what do you think about sort of the romance in the movie? I think it's done pretty well. Um, if not, I'll just say it's a little, um, it's like the, the tiniest hint of saccharine 
um, like a little too sweet, mm. but but uh, uh, n- not too much. Um, it's just like a little a little hint of there. I I kind of I wanted a little bit more tragedy, right? In the in in throughout the movie, or you know, t- they fight or something you know goes wrong or something. Like I feel like the movie is very positive, um, and I almost wish that there was a little bit of um, like a hint more uh, conflict. Yeah, if that makes sense. Like there's there's a moment where they're actually beginning to fight a little bit. Right. There's there's that like towards the what two thirds mark, right? They're having an argument where he can't get away and time travel and stuff. And I thought that that sort of moment could be lingered on more or explored more uh, in, in some kind of way or like even even, you know, the idea of like if you are appreciating the moments like can that kind of disconnect you from other people's emotions or feelings, right? Like there, there's a lot to explore there, but it's, it's just a small vignette and then they move on. Right. Or most, most things get repaired in this movie and moved on from, there's a lot of what ifs, but I think the, the, the effective moments, the heartfelt moments, I mean, like you're talking about that scene with, um, like the dad and his son, on the beach. Like that's, I I feel like that's probably one of the best scenes in the movie. Honestly, for me, the moment before that, where he walks in to play ping pong and there's that strange, did you notice like the weird camera moment where it's like walking up the stairs? You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Um, it's like suddenly the camera has no focus. It's just like, it's rushing you into that room. And it's almost like there's this inevitability, even if you appreciate someone in your life, like eventually, they're gone. Like even, even with the power of time travel, they're gone. You know, like it was like, it was kind of, it like put an extra weight, but yeah, back to the relationship. I think, I think that they have like a very, um, believable banter from the beginning. And I think that's what buys you into the realism behind their relationship. And they have very good chemistry on Mm -hmm. screen. I would agree with you though. I think, I think that some of it is, a little too like lovey dovey and in some kind of way. I, I actually think the, the mechanical design of this film with Tim, um, Dom Hall, Dom, I can't say his name. Dom Nall, Dom Nall, Dom Nall, Dom Nall Gleason's character. Um, Tim's like focus to me is really interesting because it's almost the male, version of the generic chick flick female lead do you know what i mean where it's like this kind of clumsy uh yeah doesn't really like know what's going on but is put in like an extraordinary situation you know like i'm thinking about like um movies like what, what what's that movie uh 13 going on 30 right or mm-hmm. um there, there's a couple other chick flicks where like it's like they're kind of like a bumbling failing character put into a situation where they have like, like, like it's almost an unrealistic situation. I mean, one of your favorites, Cameron princess diaries, right. Where she's just, Oh, you're a princess. All of a sudden she's like, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's actually a, a good, um, a good comparison in some ways. Cause there's, there's a little bit in that movie too. There's a little bit of, um, 
uh, uh, the quirkiness is about her like being a fish out of water, right? Um, in the same way that this is like, oh, I, I do, you know, the I can do whatever I want basically, and then yes. reverse it, yes. you know. Um, yeah, definitely. And so I think like it's interesting to see Rachel McAdams' character. Like she's very, uh, she's almost the Prince Charming of of the love story, right? Where mm. she yeah. like yeah is. She doesn't really have too much, I don't want to say like complexity, but she is like the, kind of the dream choice in some kind of kind of way for him, right? Um, and so I think like the design of their relationship is sort of unique to the the rom-com genre or genre. Um, I don't know, like I, I even even the beginning moments with him, sort of doing the Dear Diary monologue, right? I was like, this is like such a chick flick trope. And but it's done <laughs> yeah, a from a little bit from yeah. a from like a male perspective, which I think is a neat twist, right? And I think it it's actually to the movie's benefit in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how um it it definitely reverses a little bit of of the genre tropes. Um although um she has a little bit of they're kind of played just as as like little gags in some ways but she has a little bit of the sort of stereotypical um you know maybe awkwardness or sort of mm. uh you know un uh she's unsure uh, what does she say i'm i'm insecure what uh what is the cuz the mom asks her like what are your uh you know what are your biggest weaknesses and whatnot um I think she says she's she's insecure in that. Um, and you kind of get like a hint of that. But I think you're right that she kind of is the um, the dreamy or the, you know, the the Prince Charming in a lot of ways. I, I think you're right about that. Yeah. For um, Tim's character. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, and that is that is a pretty interesting um, reversal, although, again, in the same way that Princess Diary uh, does this, <laughs> um, there there is a sense of, and I think I feel like this is kind of a common um, uh, rom com trope. But there's the there's the uh, the hunk love interest, or you know, in this case, Margot Robbie, right. um, who who's you know the the you know the hot one basically, and then there's the the, the you know the quirky. Um, one that you're interested in, but she wears glasses and like she's a little, a little goofy, you know. Um, you know the second choice. <laughs> um, but I feel like that's I feel like that's a very common um, uh, rom com thing. You right, know what I mean? Right, yeah. Uh, where it's like, yeah, but you know, maybe she's not as hot, but uh, she she has a personality, <laughs> you know. Um. It's that uh, that feels like a very standard uh, standard way way to do that. Um, so, but which is it it's it's interesting that it it reverses that role though. Um, I like how the where, movie you know the middle section definitely has a focus on romantic success with with uh, Tim and Mary. Right, they're very focused on yeah. being a couple and. As the marriage comes together and they start to have kids, it's like, it's not that Mary's out of Tim's life, but, but it's like he begins to really 
internalize some of the bigger ideas of the film um, with, you know, some of the drama around his sister, which is, again, one of the problems in this film where they're like, there's an issue and then it's gone. You know, like they just kind of like resolve um, things in the background more for Tim to get to a point where he's having those final thoughts in his days, right? Like I I think the final scene with him living out two days with two different perspectives, it's like so on the nose, but sometimes (laughs) like for a message like that, I feel like they needed it to be clear, you know, like they're like, we're going to show you the same scenes and they're, they're almost like, I, I, for, at least for me, I'm like, wow, like th- those are so applicable to my life now, you know, that it's like, man, you, you should, it's like a very genuine call to action at the end where it's like really appreciate yeah. every moment. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, a, and, uh, um, a very clear one. You know, yeah. it's almost it, it. It's like uh, in the Great Dictator. Exactly. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. It, it's it feels like that that in 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 a lot of ways. Um, yeah, I I think what you're saying is kind of interesting about sort of the the problems in this movie just go away, and that's kind of the part of the conceit of the film in some ways. That's like part of the structure of the mm-hmm. film. Yeah, and I'm a little mixed on it in some cases. But I think it works really well in others. Um, like even even when they're like meeting, you know, and he uh, they have like the first date and it goes, you know, really well, blah, blah, blah. And then like he has to go back and, and do it again. But uh, now he like meets her at the uh, what is it? Kate Moss um, yeah, exhibit yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, even that I feel like is a little cheap. Um, like it's a little I don't know. I don't want to say it because like that, that first scene where it's in the dark, I think is really cool. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know what that is. Um, like, is that supposed to be a, a thing? Well, I <laughs> guess, that a thing I, I guess what they were saying is like, they actually, they went to a restaurant where the waitresses are blind. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So that's why like yeah. when they walk in, like the guy's blind, he's like, grab onto my shoulders. But that's like the right, draw right, of the right, restaurant right. is that everyone's right, blind. Right. So you have to be blind too. Right. Right. That's, that's cool. I, I, um, I like that. I didn't, I didn't catch on onto yeah. that. Um, but the, I think the, um, that scene is really interesting. Reminds me a little bit of the sequence in Manhattan where they're sort of walking through the planets, you know, um, right. gives me, gives me those vibes. But, um, I like the, I like the structure of that sequence, um, a lot, but then to only sort of resolve the issue in like a little, um, you know, a little kind of jokey scene is feels like it cheapens it a little bit, I guess. Um, like, I don't know. I wanted a little bit more fight in some of this movie, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, it, I, it, it, like it, he doesn't have to work <laughs> to do anything basically throughout right. this movie. Um, which fair enough, because that's kind of the whole point of the movie in some ways. Um, but, at the same time, I like wanted a, a little bit more. I wanted a little more effort on his part, I guess. <laughs> right. It's almost like, but again, which again like it, is the tro- a trope of the rom com. 
Yeah, and I, I, I do say, like the whole scene at the museum, and then only for him to double back and meet her at that party, and then basically like brain hypnotize her because he knows everything about her already. <laughs> yeah. Right? To get her yeah. to go out on a date for them to like, it's like they're like speed running the audience back up to a place where they can actually sit and date so we can see their relationship develop. It's interesting when you're talking about like, it's it's like he doesn't have to work for anything and you're right with this movie. There's really no, because, because he can t- tr- time travel, right? <laughs> he does, there's nothing he has to work through. So that's when there's like genuine meaning towards the end when it's like there's nothing he can do about, you know, spoilers. His dad passing away, right? Yeah. There's nothing he can do except for like change his own perspective on the day to day. And I think those yeah. final moments is what like pulls it together because the rest of the movie is kind of like you know, you're starting to love the characters. They're all pretty witty. Everybody's sort of full of life, which I think helps the movie feel like Definitely. you're involved in it, right? Um, and all the all the issues and the things kind of fade away because it all comes back to this idea that it's like, even if you could not have to fight for anything else, you're still going to be faced with, like, this decision in your day-to-day. Um and I think it's like it's pretty genius with the the movie being able to set itself up that way to be like, yeah, you know, the movie might have a bunch of plot holes in it and stuff, but like, even if it is lazy and the time travel stuff for some people is like worn out at this point, um, but 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 the message at the end is so like at least for me dead on truthful that it's like it's kind of hard to hate this movie for its flaws right yeah for sure yeah exactly um yeah no i i i totally agree and the fact that um like you said the characters are extremely charismatic um they feel real they feel sort of genuine um i don't know i i think even like you like their interactions, even though they're all kind of positive and pleasant mm-hmm. for the most part, which is surprising. Like I, I, <laughs> I kind of like movies that have a little bit more um, uh, conflict or fight. You know, I feel like it, it can be more interesting in that way. Um, but again, the structure of the movie is set up like you, like you were saying that um, you know you you get bought in by the characters and then by the end there's a sense of of you know almost like letting go and mm. uh living with with the things that have happened um and i i love the i mean i think the end is um really fantastic and i think it's uh structurally the last like t- uh, third of the movie is is my you know my favorite um probably after all of the sister stuff i guess um it goes like sister and then dad stuff yeah right? yeah um yeah so uh, like after after the sister stuff happens uh where it kind of um i'm kind of iffy on it um all everything with the dad and everything with him sort of accepting life accepting the decisions that he's made uh, living things, even though they might be uncomfortable for him, uh, 
even though he doesn't have to. It's it's really interesting. And I think I think you're right in that it is very truthful um, and very meaningful. And I think one of the reasons why I can kind of hand wave away the fact that it, it it's a little messy in sort of the mechanics of the movie is that um, it's it, it like gives you a peek at like something that you maybe always wanted to to think about in your life. It's like, oh, like if I could change things, like what would I, what would I change in my life? Like what, what things would I do differently? Mm-hmm. And everybody has those moments where like they think they're like, uh, look back and cringe and yeah. are like, oh man, I wish I didn't do that or whatever. Um, but this gives you like a little, a little look in the first half of the movie, basically of like, you know, oh, maybe he could, maybe he can do that. And by the end, it's the revelation of the movie in some ways is that he doesn't want to basically, yeah. he wants to live his life as, as he does. And he wants to make the decisions in the moment, um, instead of sort of living in the past. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I which th- I think, I think it's a very, um, it's a very uh, sound message in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think that there's also an aspect to this film where there's like there's something about like his his like drive for for certain things in life and how you see how time like warps and and pushes and kind of carves him you know there's like a real sense of of him aging not not visually but like the the movie feels long even though it's really not super it's what like it's two hours it's like two hours two hours 15 minutes i think it feels that, like that's pretty that's pretty long for a rom-com yeah I'd say. yeah but it feels like you're or really two hours and three minutes you're really like involved in this guy like growing up and you're seeing so much of his life and for me i was like man this movie like never ends so when the i, I found it interesting where when when the ending showed up right that the messaging because you kind of you kind of have this this sense at least for on my second viewing with this movie is that like it's like life just keeps going and it just yeah like I don't need to watch a movie to, that tells me like life just keeps going for it to kind of turn it around at the end and be like here's the point of why we made you sit through all this stuff right yeah I was like that's kind of rewarding as an audience member I like the fact that maybe they hit a home run too hard and it's right there and it's obvious um, but it was nice that they pulled it together for someone that was almost like losing interest towards. The last third, right? They, they, it was really effective for me. Um, so, yeah, overall, I, even the second viewing, I was like, I feel like this movie is really good, even though it's not perfect. I wrote a couple notes about things that I thought were strange about the movie. It's like everything was shaky. Everything is shaky or <laughs> handheld shot, uh, which I yeah, thought was yeah, kind of, true. I don't know, maybe it was just a trope at the time. Everything. I super- wonder if that's a Curtis, a Richard Curtis thing. I've actually... I've I think I've only seen this movie of his. Hmm. So I like he's made Love Actually. Yeah. Have you seen that? No. Yeah, I haven't either. So um but yeah, I mean I I maybe it's like one of his his things, I guess. I don't know. Also like everything is like bright and overexposed like you're in heaven. Like it's like blo- like everything is just very <laughs> bright in this movie. Um, it feels yeah. like some weird like 
I don't know, drug commercial or something, you know, where they're like, you know, take Advil, <laughs> right? Prednisone. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, a little bit. And I was, I was thinking about that too when I was watching. I was like, wow, this is like, it's like really bright. <laughs> Stylistically, and, and- it's pretty, pretty. Like it's like Wonder Bread. I don't know. Like it's very yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. It's not um. It's not great at looking necessarily. Yeah. yeah. Um. Although I'm I'm a little cautious to say that because it's it's not like it necessarily needs to be. Like I don't think I don't think this movie. You know, like Manhattan is kind of exceptional in terms of yeah, the yeah. Of the the rom com genre. Like I think I think basically all rom coms look like garbage. Um and this probably looks better than most rom coms. True, true. Very true. So <laughs> you know. Yes. Yeah. And then the other thing that I kind of had a bone to pick was the score of this movie. I don't know. I've never watched this show, so I don't want to compare it to it, but it's what I imagine the TV show This Is Us sounds like with the score, where it's like a (laughs) piano that's like constantly trying to get you to cry. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's like borderline, I don't know, like manipulative or something. Um, Uh (laughs) I just, I don't understand why they have to like just constantly be playing a sad piano. You know, I'm like, what it's if because you, there's no conflict in the movie. They have to, they have to make you think that something sad is going. I on. know. <laughs> it's like, why can't you just use the piano like at the right time? Like, what can it just hit? You yeah, know? yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just a nitpick, honestly. But overall, um, Cameron, I'm happy that you enjoyed this film. I know that it is kind of in La La Land in some cases, but I think it's it's wisdom towards the end, like kind of, I don't know, like it, it validifies some of the movie's flaws. Do you have any other thoughts about this movie? Um, shout out to Harry, the playwright. I feel like he's, he's a nice stain <laughs> on the positivity. I think he's great in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, yeah. I mean, I think, I think, well, one of the reasons why, and you make fun of me for this, but, uh, uh, it's true. One of the reasons why I love the the series Paddington uh, is because of its just like unabashed positivity, and it's very in the same way that this is very you know British. Uh, the, I think the the positive elements of both of those movies hmm. are very like heartwarming and wholesome. In like an only like uh, in a way that maybe the only the Brits can do, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, just very like positive and upbeat and cheery and like I don't know. There's something about about these movies that kind of remind me of each other. Um, where hmm. it, it feels like it feels like there's there's just like a happiness or a joy um, about being about being alive about uh, there, there's like a very kind hearted. Yeah, to, to these movies, um, which I appreciate, and I don't think we get that often in American movies. And I think, especially in American movies, when we do get that concept, it's either dripping with sort of a sense of irony, or um, or it's like too saccharine. It's like too sweet. Um, yeah, like Hallmark, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and there's like something very cheesy and unbearable about right. those movies, you know. Um but I I don't think we get a genuine a genuinely joyful movie 
uh, very often. And I think this is a very positive movie about life and a very joyful movie about life. And that's uh, not only surprising to see, but I think it's very encouraging in a lot of ways. And I think, I think we can, us Americans over here can take something from these sorts of very positive British movies that are just like endlessly kind, I guess, is, is what I would say about them. They're just so, so pleasant and kind and wholesome. And there's something great about that, actually. Yeah, and I, it's not to, uh, like, I think it's kind of funny because this is the first film I've picked in a while for us to watch on the podcast, right? And I know that sometimes we watch movies and I'm like, this is just so unbearable to watch because it's so depressing or it's so negative, right? And so yeah. I kind of felt guilty, like, picking a movie that was so positive. <laughs> so I was like, I just feel like I'm being like that motherly figure to this podcast or something like that, where it's like, come on, watch something wholesome. But in all honesty, I, I want to get back to a conversation that you and I had, Cameron, when we were diving into some of the silent films. Um, and it, we were talking about like authenticity or like an undeniable like truth. And it, it was kind of going along with like the practical effects uh, conversation that we were having with Buster Keaton and yeah. the way that like there's something tangible about those, right? Uh, even even further back to conversations around um, movies that really didn't settle well with me, um, but somehow like they were they were still truthful, right? And they were still like there's something that's like pulling at your gut. I think I wanted, and maybe maybe I didn't quite realize till the second viewing, but I was I'm happy to share this movie with our podcast audience because it's like it's it is still reaching for some of that truth while it's being like stupidly positive. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's still yeah. endearing, you know, like, and, and yes. honestly, you know, you talk about Paddington and I always laugh at the the movie about a bear that you and Jews will love. Right. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm sure that it's the same way. Right. And yeah. I'm, I'm all for those movies. I mean, come on. When am I not tired of watching depressing movies? It's not that I don't enjoy those darker, depressing movies, it's that if they're able to weave in a truth that is is moving in a way that like I feel like is effective for me, I, I guess I am still a little bit selfish in that way. Um, like I, I do latch on to those. I mean, some of the movies that I've like not connected with as a casual watching watching on this podcast. So sometimes those movies that are like critically acclaimed that I just don't click with, they are presenting a truth, but it's not a truth that like, it's not a truth that it's like I necessarily needed to explore or that I, I really needed a full lesson on, you know? Um, and we've had different conversations about that like this, but I think it's, a, I think this movie to get back to it is, is a unique kind of, you know, side dish or something to that conversation, right? Um, where it does it in a way that's obnoxiously positive, where the conflict just <laughs> fades away, but it still has something really important to say. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm glad you liked it. There was a part of me a little bit hoping, Cameron, that you were just going to dig into this movie and hate it because <laughs> it was so positive. But I, I kind of figured it. I, when the credits rolled, I was like, you know, it had something to say, and I feel like Cameron could respect that. You know, oh yeah, and and 
to be fair, I you know, like I said, I I mostly joke about be, being uh, um, a a terrible uh, heartless person. Um, I do actually like uh, a lot of um, sweet movies, and I kind of I kind of wish that there was more of them um, that weren't as cringe and garbage. Um, <laughs> like I feel like I feel like there's so much. Um, uh, yeah, there's just there's a lot of like bad versions of this movie, I guess. Sure. Um, yeah. That are just like just unbearably positive or unbearably like, uh, I don't know. Like, uh, like I imagine I didn't see it, so it's possible that this was a great movie. But I imagine the movie Marry Me is kind of like the the American version where it's like. You know, t- has a wacky, you know, cons- a wacky scenario happening, and you know, it, it's a movie about how love wins in the end. You know, um, and I, I, th- I just feel like the, um, a lot of those movies don't really land well with me. But I, I do think uh, there's um, there's a there's a space for them and i think they should be explored a little bit more hmm. in a more meaningful meaningful way and a less um completely empty uh platitude giving way <laughs> that a, a lot of the movies uh, that i imagine do this so yeah i'm i'm trying to figure out cuz cameron you're recommending next week's movie right yes i don't know if i have a say on the fourth week but there's a part of me that wants to just recommend the worst kind of rom-com and just make you suffer through it i'm not sure yet but well i've got a i've got a thought about this movie that we're gonna do next week so this i wouldn't technically consider this a rom-com although it is um but it's much more of a dramatic movie Hmm. So can I, can I give this thought yeah, to let's you? Do it. I, let's do it. I think, I mean, honestly, Cameron, the last thing is rating. I kind of feel like this movie is for everyone. I feel it's extremely yeah. inoffensive. Totally. But yeah. And I, and I think, I think it, it's, it's wholesome. Um, there's some like swear words, I guess, yeah, but yeah, 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 whatever. Um, I think it's like a very, uh, friendly movie in a lot of ways. And I think people can approach it. Um, and like, it's, I, I think like there's a tendency for rom-coms to either be like really, uh, disgustingly sweet and, and t- sac- saccharine and terrible or be like really raunchy and yeah. grotesque. Yeah. Um, and this maybe splits in the middle <laughs> of those two. Yeah, Cameron, the last week we should watch Fifty Shades of Grey, you know? that's. I don't the... think that's a rom-com. <laughs> I think that's an erotic thriller. I think that's but... a rom-com in my eyes. So. Okay, yeah, that, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. I, I think this is for everybody. Um, I think there's nothing, there's nothing that challenging about this movie, I'll say. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that that's, you know, I don't think you're going to be um, like chewing over this movie for a long time, but in some ways, the point of the movie is very interesting and very applicable to everybody's life. Um, everybody that has either a relationship or has parents, or I don't know why. Basically, I just, everybody. I just had this thought, Cameron. This movie, this movie's kind of maybe. I mean, maybe maybe this is a diss for it, but I'm like, it's kind of like hearing a sermon that you needed to hear. You know, it's like going to church a little bit, <laughs> a, a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. It does have that feeling of of 
uh, just being very like, um, uh, correct or right, I guess, you know, you know, well, I mean? I've definitely been to some sermons that are wrong. So <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not saying it, that every church, no, but you said, like, you said like it, it's something that you have to hear, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, I imagine there's, there's something about it that you're like, yeah, this movie is, that, that's right. You know, yeah, you don't yeah. want to go back. You don't want to, you don't want to, um, mess with the past. You want to live in the moment and be, be happy about every day and, and, you know, the time that you're given with people. Shout Even to- though in this movie, he re- literally does nothing and gets like the girl of his <laughs> dreams. So, uh, you know, nice, good, good job for him. I mean, shout out, <laughs> shout out to the editing too in this film, right? There's some yeah. really good choices on cutting past things that we understand. There's also some moments where they continue to linger. Um, so it's not always perfect, but I think the endings editing is, is amazing. The way that they yeah. compare and contrast quick moments throughout the day to two different attitudes of a person walking through the same day. Like it's, it's really, uh, of course, effective. So yeah, for everyone, yeah. Cameron, uh, let's get back to that thought about the next movie we're watching next week. So, um, this is a movie that, um, I hope, uh, well, let me just ask you, have you seen Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind? I have not actually. Okay. Yeah. Then that's the movie that we're going to do. Cool. Um, and I can't wait to talk about it, especially in contrast to this movie, hmm. because I, I feel like in a lot of ways it's this movie's, uh, not polar opposite, but it really is like a challenging, a difficult version of this movie, mm. actually. Um, and it's really spectacular. So okay. um, we will get into it next week. I can't I'm, wait. Yeah, I'm excited for it. It's I've one got... of my favorite movies ever, I'll just say. So. Oh, wow. Okay, that's that's some big words coming out of Cameron. It is big words. It is big words. I bet you Juliana's seen it and likes it because she's seen, she's seen all these movies. So it's been fun watching movies with her. Um, this month. Although we didn't watch Manhattan together. I don't know if she would have liked it, but I think this one she'll be excited for. So. Um, yeah. Would she have liked Manhattan? I don't think I so. I really don't. It's a little, it's, it's a little ironic and not quite as uh, wholesome. Like if I was like, Oh, this is a rom-com we'll watch together. She would have been at the end. Like that wasn't a rom. Like she, she would have been like, what was that? <laughs> I'll you just know? say this is not a very funny movie. That's um, fine. That's fine. It has it, elements of comedy. It's Jim Carrey is the main yeah. actor. Uh but th- this is not this is not really a comedic movie. It's very much more a drama. Um and I think it takes a little work actually. Uh watch watching this movie. Mm. Um although even if you're not I think this movie actually r- really benefits from watching multiple times personally. Okay. Um but uh even if you're you don't watch it uh multiple times you still get the the picture it's just uh, like it's a very sci-fi uh, uh charlie kaufman uh wrote it so okay. he he also did your very favorite movie um but it doesn't it's not at all the same so what favorite uh, movie what are you talking about um the uh i'm thinking about it in English. oh <laughs> yeah so um That's but, but okay. it's 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 not a it's not like that movie at all it's very um it's it's pretty different. That I mean, I'm thinking of anything has some stupid elements, but it also has some really awesome elements. Like I I'm not going to yeah. deny yeah. that. I think it, um 
that is his least accessible movie. And I would say Eternal Sunshine is probably his most accessible movie. Okay. But well, the, I'm excited. But he just wrote it. So I'm excited for that. I'm definitely excited yeah. for that. Yeah. And don't let me forget because we're talking about this too. So, like romantic movies, they have this palette where they're like, it's a rom com or like a rom drom, is how I'm going to mm. say it. Where it's like, there's like a romantic drama and a romantic yes, comedy, yes, and they yes, kind yes. of bounce between those two, and there's like a spectrum. And it's very like, I'm always confused because Juliana will be like, let's watch 13 going on 30, where it's like this really lighthearted movie. And then she's like, let's watch, you know, um, What's that? What's that movie that I like with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga? The one, The Star Is Born, and you're like, oh, wow, yeah, yeah. that's it's very not, dramatic. That's not very funny, you know. <laughs> that's not. I very would say funny. I, I <laughs> probably in the spectrum of things, right? I, I consider like rom coms like Marvel movies in a lot sure, of ways, yeah. where it's like I don't think none of them could be like the worst thing ever. And maybe that's not true, but you know, I generally think of them as not like that terrible or right. and not that great. Whereas like romantic dramas, I'm like, <laughs> this could either be really the worst thing I've ever seen or the best thing I've ever seen. So <laughs> like the piano. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh. Or, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh. That, that movie is just terrible. <laughs> but that's, terrible. that's like a rom-drom, you know? Who's the guy in that? Who's the he's the guy in National Treasure, right? Harvey Keitel. Yeah, I never needed to see he's that the guy. FBI naked. agent. I never needed to see <laughs> that guy. Naked. Now I'm just gonna think about it. whenever I watch whenever I watch uh, National Treasure. I'm just gonna ha- think Harvey of that. Keitel is is a really is really excellent. Um, I love him. He's a great. I love act, him. Great actor. I didn't need to see his butt. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, fair enough. So. Or his like, right. big tribal tattoos. So, um, anyways, yeah, that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week for Eternal Spotless Shine Mind. (laughs) (laughs) I I just gave up halfway through it. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna. And that's why Cameron is the expert host, and I don't usually host this show. All right. All right, let's close it off. We're done. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill, for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at Patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support.